and boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. Wake up your mind. Good evening, and welcome to episode 93 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, my friend? It's that Sunday feeling. You yeah. Know we love to see it. Yeah, we, we, we had to do it today because of reasons on both of our ends. So, uh, you know, it's just... Yeah, life know. happens, man. Hey, we're making the podcast and it's there. So thank you for listening. Or, you know, maybe you missed this one this week. Hey, it happens. <laughs> we'll we're here we'll see. It, it's here. It, it's here for you whenever, <laughs> if and whenever you, you want to. Paul, I just have one quick question before we get into this. Why the fuck was my Google feed blowing up with reports from sportskeeda.com about what Jim Cornette has to say about fucking AEW. Uh, sounds like your search history is scuffed, my friend. Um, one, unsubscribe to Sportskeeda. I know you know what's funny is like... I, was, I, don't, I don't even um, read Sportskeeda. That's the thing. And it's like, why the fuck am I getting all these notifications? It's funny you bring up like those dumb listicle wrestling sites because, uh, you know, because we're here later in the week today and I'm a little further removed from the show than normally when we record right after, uh, you know, the, ep- the episode of Dynamite ends. Uh, I was looking for some results and highlights and stuff to kind of just get a memory refresher before we recorded today. And I had to sift through so many of these like bad wrestling websites um, and just, <laughs> I can see why wrestling journalism or quote unquote journalism is so looked down upon, man. Cause it's just all so bad. Well, see Paul, that's why I it's have not all. I mean, good ones out there. We know, and, and we know who the good ones are, but man, so much of it is just dog shit. Uh, you know, Paul, this is why I have a notepad that I take notes on when I watch dynamite. So I don't have to remind myself, uh, via websites so i take notes on occasion it just depends on where in the house i'm watching and like what's going on and stuff and again normally i don't have to take as detailed notes when uh we're doing it like on wednesdays because I, I try to you know get that instant reaction and it's kind of part of the podcast right like i want to get my unfiltered first thoughts out there and that's like what the show kind of is so i always look at it differently and kind of view it differently uh when we do it on these like weekend episodes and right. uh you know i was watching highlights up this morning and kind of you know it's getting back in that field for it and that always helps yeah yeah no i got you like uh, filtering out like highlights throughout the week like when you're you know if you're trying to catch up or you need like a little bit of a refresher and stuff so that's nice yeah so uh with that uh because i know you're you have a bit of a time crunch yourself here uh we go live to the blue cross arena in rochester new york for episode i guess 104 i don't even know what episode number it is anymore of aew dynamite your hosts jim ross tony Schiavone, excalibur and cm punk at the commentary table this week 
I'm still anti-four-person booth. I think that's too many people, and that's been proven on Rampage recently. But CM Punk is always a welcome addition to the desk. I think he's become a, a very sound commentator. I'm sure you know working in CFFC has really helped him along, but he's doing great. Uh, so before we get the, the, the opening title sequence, we get an in-memoriam pick for uh, John Huber as, of course, this show in Rochester, New York, this is uh, the home city of John Huber. And- this is broken. Here. Yeah, and um, you know, and we played the theme. I I, I played the Brody the Brody Lee theme uh, this week uh, as There's a special. There's another one you can play. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and 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 of course, he was supposed to have debuted at this venue 18 months previous, but of course, the pandemic happened. So that so of course his debut had to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, famously, uh, one of their first large, uh, uh, you know, pandemic no crowd shows, the night that Brody and Matt Hardy debuted was supposed to be Rochester, New York. That's they were right. going to have uh, Hardy debut first, I think, and then uh, have Brody Lee come out as the exalted one. They flipped that around when they did it the opposite way, which I think was, you know, the, probably the right move at the time, you know, for like what they were doing with their storylines. But man. It's one of those great what ifs because that show with a full crowd, I'm sure, would have absolutely blown the roof off the building. Yeah, so, so we are here, and uh, yeah, uh, Brody, Brody Lee, John Huber. That's gonna there, there's gonna be a thread running through this whole show with him. So uh, yeah, and and that's that's gonna be the narrative, and you know we're gonna talk Dark Order a little bit, but it was great to see the reverence shown for him. I mean, obviously, but you know his. Memory stays very much alive throughout AEW week to week, and uh, when it's really highlighted like this, uh, it's great to see. Uh, I just want to side note real quick. Uh, did you uh, end up placing a bet after all <laughs> for the Liverpool Man City game because Liverpool no, no, just scored? I don't, I don't really know soccer, so I don't place any bets unless someone tells me like, "Hey, this thing is a lock." Because especially gambling wise, uh, as our good friend uh, Harry Mack says, uh, soccer is a sport of betrayers. Uh, yeah, I, I know nothing about betting uh, in football, so I, I, I am not good for uh, <laughs> I am not good for for advice there. In fact, I even uh, in fact, I even um, uh, chickened out of betting when I was in England on, on an Arsenal game. That <laughs> I would have won on. on everything. Over there. Oh, yes, they do. England. Anyway, let's oh, get really to the show. Gamble. Our first match of the evening, uh, Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole, baby. Um, I, I know we, we, we can't really get into specifics here because you, you, you're in a rush. So, uh, yeah, this was a very PWG-like match, I thought. I was going to say the same thing. It's what I was thinking while I was watching highlights this morning as well. I was like, man, it's so cool that they just like can put these PWG matches on with this high production value. And how it's kind of proving, uh, I think some fan sentiment a little bit wrong in hindsight and not everybody, but I think there was like a, the vocal kind of opposition to the rise of like the young bucks and uh, you know, the popularity of like that PWG style wrestling and that becoming mainstream is that like, Oh, these are spot fest guys, right? These are spot monkeys. This is all they do. And it just gets pops from crowds for doing cool shit. Uh, Where I think one of AEW's strengths has been, you know, in match storytelling and a lot of that is anchored by guys who cut their teeth in places like PWG. Yeah. So, and I think there's a direct correlation there because all these guys are great in-ring storytellers. You see it with Adam Cole and, and Jungle Boy. This match had a lot of really cool stuff you know, happening in great spots, but it was a really well-told story between two guys kind of struggling 
and I don't know. I thought it was a really good match. I mean, this is the company that has now had an actual Nick Gage death match on its uh, on you know broadcast yeah, cable television. Yeah, that's the other side of the spectrum. You know, AEW has not been afraid to bring you know all different kinds of popular wrestling into the mainstream, but they're anchored by you know guys that came through places like PWG, that kind of West Coast indie style, and uh, you know it's proving to work on television. Yes. which I think a lot of people didn't think so, and I think that was like the biggest pushback to pre-AEW, uh, those guys, right? Yeah. No, I got, no, seriously. Um, this was a great, this was a pretty good match. Um, it was a good television. It, it was a good TV match, uh, ironically. Um, Adam Cole still not up to the KG Mudo standard on the, uh, on the Shining Wizards, but, you know, you, you, you will have Again, that. No one besides AJ Lee is, so. You, you, are you, are you really going to put, uh, AJ Lee up against KG Mudo on that, huh? I would well. I would love to see them wrestle if that's interesting. <laughs> AJ's retired, so uh, shout out AJ. But, uh, <laughs> and Mudo maybe should be, but you know. <laughs> oh no, no Mudo's neck is probably worse than AJ's. <laughs> yeah, not to mention the repl- the double replaced knees, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in, in 2021, Keiji Mudo has held a major Japanese wrestling title. So uh, after this, we get hey, the. If you want to read about uh, KG Mudo's career, you should uh, check out Jeff's article on Fanfight. Yes, you should. You you really should. Uh, I may have uh, some more coming up uh, sooner than you think. Um, the entire damn elite comes out after this with uh, this is rare. Carl Anderson getting on the mic. Yeah, um, I don't really want. <laughs> what do you think about this promo, Jeff? This whole segment. Uh... How do, how do... I mean, oh. well, I mean, the segment once Daniel, once once Brian Daniels had got involved, it, it picked up. But the rest of it was just like, what the fuck is this? It's like it so was you like said, you thought it picked up when Brian Danielson got involved. I, I think so. Yes, I want to disagree with you wholeheartedly. I thought Danielson's promo sucked. Wow, really? I thought this was the worst thing that I've seen him do since he got here. Yeah, I thought it was flat. I thought Kenny Noballs is weak. Uh, the whole crowd chanted, but I still think it sucks. I think we can do way better. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I thought the whole thing, I thought Kenny Omega. I mean, the chant was dumb, but you know, I thought Kenny saved the segment. Actually. I thought the, the Kenny saved this off of his strength of understanding a crowd and just like a workmanlike way of pushing through it and hitting all of the notes that need to be hit in a very Kenny Omega like way. I think this is one of those things where like, this is why he's like a top guy, right? Like this is top guy stuff. Like, even when stuff isn't, like, great or when you – I mean, the crowd was into it, and that's fine, but I you can kind of tell the material's not very good here. I mean, yeah, but I mean, but, I mean, even with – you know, even during the bits with Anderson and, and, and Michael Nakazawa on the mic, it was just – this was, like, the, the, the worst excesses of, like – the Eric Bischoff, Hollywood Hogan bits, you know, uh, you know, in, in yeah, and, there, and that's probably a little bit intentional. I think that's kind of the heat. Oh, I'm sure it, it's intentional, right? but I, I think they need to be prepared for the fact that people will be turned off because of it's intentional. Yeah, but you have to if you're going to really, really do it, and you're going to go full heel, and you know, as much as Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit, he understood this in that NWO run. You're going to have to turn some fans off. You're just going to do it, man. If you want to really work people. You got to get them to believe you, right? And if they really believe you, some of them are just going to de- genuinely dislike it. Yeah, I mean Wrestling. that's tr- that's true. But you know, again, you know that that ended up leading to the death of the company, and you know, yeah, a- it, among it, other many other okay. reasons. Of, yeah, and to your point, excesses is what did it. So you have to watch how you dole this kind of stuff out. And yeah. if you're doing it every week, it's going to be a problem. If you do it this time and learn your lesson, 
it'll be fine. But yeah, I didn't like this segment overall. I thought Kenny was fine. Everyone else kind of sucked. And uh, I hope we get some better mic stuff uh, between now and the next matches. I was excited for the announcement of the Rampage match, which turned out to be a really, really good match. It so. did. That was uh, you know, Brian Danielson uh, defeating Nick Jackson. Because I, I, in this promo, um, Danielson challenged anyone in the elite for Rampage. And, of course, Omega said, well, why don't you do it right now? I said, okay, fine. I'm not doing it alone, though. <laughs> you know, which very yeah, – hey, look, look. Books. A baby face that's not a complete dipshit against the elite. Hey, wow. Oh, my God. They're like, actually, I, uh, Tony Khan, if you're actually listening to this show, please reach out because so far you you, you have hit two of the things I have been complaining about in recent times. You, I'm you've sure hit two of Tony them. Khan in his days, like, hey. Let's see what the uh, what the small time dynamite recap podcasts are talking about. Although you know him being a forum poster, he might play in mud that deep. I doubt it, but hey, if you are Tony, uh, shout out for yeah. staying dedicated. We then get a backstage uh, segment with uh, the Lucha Bros and uh, Andrade El Idolo, in which uh, he needles the Lucha Bros about the Triple A. Uh, Campeonato de Parejas and uh, says that he has two friends that would be very interested in those belts. Uh, I do believe now he makes a big deal about saying that you haven't defended those in a while. Well, number one, that's false because they defended them at Triple Mania. Number two, but Triple Mania was like a month or right. more ago, right? But also, August, so. Also, you can go years in between title defenses in Lucha because oh, titles really don't matter in Lucha. Yeah, it's a good point. But hey, I mean, they cut the front one on, on American TV, so yeah, I'll I, give them that. Understood. Our second match of the evening, uh, Cody Rhodes and Big Shotty Lee Johnson versus Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. Oh, thankfully, still no creepy Mike Seidel. Thank, thank, thank the good Lord for that one. Mike Seidel, man. The other brothers of, of these teams just getting no love. Uh, you know, I, 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 have, I have nothing against... I have nothing against uh, Darius Martin at all. No, I know. I know. Uh, no, I do think like uh, Matt Seidel is like a perfect replacement Darius Martin until Darius comes back. Like this is a perfect guy for Dante to be paired with and learning from, you know, as you know, he gets more uh, uh, seasoning. He's very young, hasn't you know been around a very long time. A guy who's been, you know, a big flippy guy for this many years is, uh, I think, a good mentor in the meantime, right? Yes, and oh my God, we we have to do our obligatory. Jesus Christ, Dante Martin is so fucking good. He's so good, like almost at the like a point of breathtakingly good. He really just is so far ahead of where it's it's hard to like find a take or like that's. Yeah, I mean, he's Martin. just he's just that good. It's the obligatory. Just he watch is so wrestle. good. Just watch it happen. Yeah. Uh, did you notice once again Cody Rhodes getting booed? <laughs> In that building. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Cody's getting booed. I think we're at a really good point with Cody's, like, I'm sure eventual turn. People are clamoring for, like, a hard heel turn from Cody. I don't think that's the right call because you're at a point right now with Cody where the biggest reactions you're going to get are these organic ones you're getting from people's distaste for Cody acting as though he's oblivious to how the crowd perceives him. Yeah, right? and, and, and this plays into the the post match the post match promo, but uh the, the the finish comes because Lee Johnson tags himself in and actually gets the win over Dante Martin. To which yeah. afterwards 
To which afterwards we get a, a post-match promo in the ring where Cody tries to call out Malachi Black again and Arn tell, tells him to shut the fuck up, basically. <laughs> Segment of the night. This was the the, the moment of the night. Arn Anderson's, uh, you know, now famous viral promo. Uh, he, you know, it says, Cody, I've kind of had enough of you. You're not tough enough for me, essentially. Uh, he says... You're the kind of guy that if someone comes and steals your car, you give it to him where I pull out the Glock and spill his brains all over the street. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my, what? <laughs> what the baby. fuck did I just hear on TV? Anderson, <laughs> he's oh got the tool, man. Look, goodness. The Georgia, it's not uncommon for you know people in Georgia to have a car gun. So, you know, I get it. I bet you he's like a 40 cal, man. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I was just like, uh, uh, I okay. was just fucking stunned by this. But yeah, there were some really, there were some good lines in this that saying he would go take care of Malachi Black himself, but he's just too damn old. Which, you know, self awareness, self awareness has always actually been Arn Anderson's strong point. It has to be said. Absolutely, and you know, again, I've, I've talked about Cody's self awareness as well, and I think that's and, like what and the lack thereof. You, yes. No, this, I mean, you're wrong about that. He's absolutely self-aware. And I think this is all very, very intentional because again, if you hard turning me heel right now, you're going to fall into the problem of people liking that. And they're going to lose this organic reaction he's getting. He's getting booed because he's not giving the fans what they want. Once he relents and does that, that dynamic changes, right? That relationship to the fan changes. And now, you know, you, you're, they're looking at you in a different way. So I say, take this for as long as you can. Once the reactions start to die, that's when you make the hard turn. Okay. And, right and, now, you know what? I, I, and you know what? I think you're, uh, upon further review, I, I think you're right on, on that point. So I think John was really great at doing this too, you know, throughout his career because people wanted that and he never gave it to him. And he kind of rode those waves out. He was really good at knowing when to go away for a while too. Cody doesn't take long enough hiatuses. And I think that's one thing that's uh, hamstrung him a little bit. But again, him coming back too soon is another thing that pisses people off. And I think this is all working towards what I think we're eventually going to get is like super bad guy Cody. But I think we're months to possibly a year or more away. Our third match of the evening, a uh, six-man squash uh, with John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and the elephant in the room, Darby Allen, going up against Anthony Green in Bear Country. Say again? You know, kind of like the little one from the cartoon. Like, remember the little pink elephant? Like, when people would get drunk in a cartoon? He's, like, that size. It's mm, like a little... Yeah, I don't know about that. You can't ignore that elephant, either. I'm just talking about, like, uh, just... He's diminutive compared to, like, a large person. Um, I wouldn't call Darby. Hey, Anthony Green on AEW TV. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, oh, and Bear, nice. Bear Country getting back. <laughs> yeah. Where's Anthony Green been? And I was like, oh, hey, cool. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, this was a, a, a quick, this was a quick fun squash. Uh, that crossbody spot, though, fucking had me dying when neither of the, neither Kingston nor Moxley caught, caught poor Anthony Green. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> I continue to like Bear Country and hope to see them more on television. I think they're an added element to that tag division, getting some big, big, big boys. And then we also get a uh, an extracurricular Scorpion death drop from uh, Steve Stinger post-match. Gotta love to see that. It was great to see. I like to see them together. Mox and Kingston clearly having fun having Sting around, so that's nice. Uh, we then get a uh, video promo uh, between uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. And, uh, Did and I get it that 
Uh, you were you were a little bit off that time. It wasn't the the quite the half second. It was like almost a full second behind. One day, Jeff. <laughs> One day. One day we're actually gonna line up. Actually. Yeah. And uh, and Ruby Soho, not DMD, as far as I know. Um, no, I think uh, I, I you know I think Nick and I figured out a wrestling brain. Uh, Ruby's a hygienist. Okay, fair. You know what? That, you know what? That, that that is totally fair. Uh, so we get a, a little recap video, and uh, yeah, we, Ruby and Britt will meet again in the ring. Soon. Can't wait. Uh, Britt has you know a lot of great feuds, a lot of irons in the fire, but uh, continue with this one for a little while. Super okay with that. Ruby is awesome. Can't wait to see her wrestle again. Our fourth match of the evening, uh, Orange Cassidy and the entire damn Dark Order uh, versus the Hardy family office. There were way, way, way too many people in this match. There, there were multiple cooks in the kitchen on this one. But, you know, what the, the point of this match was to make sure, one, everyone from Dark Order is involved on this show, obviously. Indeed. Uh-huh. Yep, this is, and obviously in, this is a, uh, including, a negative one special. Yes, including negative one, which I was really well, happy negative about. One, negative one is a big Orange Cassidy guy. Indeed. Uh, so he likes to book Orange Cassidy. He he gets the book when they, whenever they're around for these type of shows, and these Brody Lee type specials, right? Right. Uh, so Brody's, Brody's match is Dark Order with uh, paired with Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that's great. Uh, we got some fun stuff happening again. Yeah, a little too much, a little too chaotic, but... The John Silver stuff was fantastic. John's uh, uh, hot shot at the end, uh, spurred by Amanda Hubert. Yes, yes. So I have a couple of other notes here we need to talk about. So first of all, Preston Vance, you know, number 10, his mask looks like Deathstroke the Terminator now, you know, from from DC Comics. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still of the opinion that uh, Preston Vance needs to have the mask off and he needs to go by a different name than number 10. If it's Preston Vance, fine. If you want to do another name, that's cool, too. Whatever. He just has to stop being a number. Uh, I think he is a guy with the potential to break out. I've been watching Roads to the Top. I will be watching Roads to the Top. Uh, and I think he's going to get some shine on that show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Uh, Nick and I will be talking about Roads to the Top on Wrestling Brain Rampage on Friday nights. So if you want to hear some chat about that, dear listener, uh, check out me and Nick at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. So I will not annoy Jeff with Roads to the Top talk yes, here. Please, please, no. <laughs> but I do think number 10 is going to get some shine on that show. And I think he should. I think he's really good. Um. So, yes, uh, it, during one point in the match, Evil Luno starts to leave because, you know, we had to stoke that fire. And then... We get negative one, Anna J, Ty Conti, and number one million, Amanda freaking Huber out hey. here. And she did the paper throw. She did the paper throw. She said, so get good. your she she told the entire damn art dark order, get your goddamn shit together. <laughs> you sons yeah, of bitches. She uh yeah, no, she really captured uh, you know, her late husband's energy and spirit. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm getting emotional here thinking about it because Brody was very much he was there in this segment. Oh, yes. was, uh, yeah, man, it just shows you how powerful wrestling can be. I'm like on a show that, you know, I'm going to spoiler alert. I didn't think was their strongest outing of late overall. Uh, this was uh, some really powerful stuff. Yeah, and, and, and yet amazingly, oh, and yet amazingly, uh, yeah, I did it. And it was. And it was a segment that was done in his spirit. Like, this is something that absolutely could have happened. We're Brody here. He just would have came out, whipped these dumbasses into shape. Silver would have done something to impress him, and then everything would have been fine. You know, and, and ironically, you pointed that out. Yeah, this was not one of the – it was a fun show. It was not the strongest 
outing recently. But yeah, I took more notes on this episode than I have recently. <laughs> it, it, it's, Do you think maybe just because uh, you watched it not live, so you had a little more time to kind of dig in, just like looking at it from a different perspective? You maybe. know, that may be the that may be true. Yeah, that may be why. Honestly, now yeah, that I you think, think about it, wrestling live versus watching it back, I think is a different sort of viewing experience. Right. Yeah. I think you look at things, and analyze and view things differently as a viewer. I think that's what's cool about like the way we do our podcast normally. Right. Uh, it, it, we call it the AW Dynamite Instant Recap Podcast. And it's our instant kind of thoughts right after a show versus I think we're looking at it differently when we watch it on a weekend and talk about it on a weekend. Yeah. But sometimes we have to. So, I mean, because life happens. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I just think it's kind of fun to, to like look at uh, uh wrestling and like look at it as a fan that way because like let's say when you watch a show back that you couldn't see live or maybe there was a couple events on or you were somewhere else and you watch it a couple days later you're gonna view it through a different lens no matter what right oh yeah no 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 totally um the end result i i believe it was john silver who actually got the the win if i remember correctly i didn't write that down but yeah, uh, I know he did that big hot shot at the end. He basically took everybody out. Yeah, who is this uh, other really... dude in the Hardy family office I've never seen before? George Ol. Yeah, who's that? George Ol. Uh, George Ol used to be, I think, Robo the Punjabi Lion on uh, uh, the Indies. Uh, shout out George Ol because he follows me on Twitter. So, oh, okay. Respect to George. Hi, George Ol. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. George, I, I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. He signed with AHF uh, earlier this year and joined HFO a couple months ago uh, on Dark, I believe. Ah, the show, the show I don't watch, so yeah. I watched it this week and uh, pretty decent. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yes, the upshot of this <laughs> is the, the Dark Order is, is now one. They're, they are whole again because, you know, the, the, the women had to, the women and children had to get involved to get these, you know, these culty idiots on the same page. Um, they were Good for now. I'm, uh, I'm a little more interested to see where they go because I, I wasn't really sure. Obviously, this was like the shot uh, a shot that they needed uh, story-wise. So uh, we'll see where they this out week to week. But also, uh, speaking of pages, um, the Adam Page stuff seems to have fallen by the wayside now entirely. No, Adam Page is not paternity leave, so they're just going to put a pin well, in it. Well, I understand that, but I mean, but yeah, well, I mean, they put a pin in it, but, they, you know, usually, they, I mean, I would think that they would try to at least name drop him to keep that a lot. No, I, mean, I don't think the... so. I, I think out of sight, out of mind is good for now because uh, you get a bigger reaction when you when you just either surprise people or you start ramping that up again. There's a lot going on in this show right now, especially towards the top of the card. That's, if you that continue to evoke Adam Page and come up there, we might start talking log jams here. There's a lot of big names to pay attention to. I think it's cool to have Adam Page take a step back for now. Uh, we then get a video promo from, oh my God, Leo Rush. So hey, I, I guess he Leo is Rush. not retiring again. Leo Rush is unretired once more. Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess... I think he was a good fit for AEW. I'm really glad to see him back. Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess it's going to be a race... I, I, you know what? It, it's going to be a race between Leo Rush, Terry Funk, and Atsushi Onita, who, who retires more, I guess, because... <laughs> Leo's got an early start. You know, he's only 26, and he's retired like three times, so I think he's on a good pace. Yeah, he, he's going to definitely match uh, Onita, at least. Maybe not... Funk may be a bit... I hope he does storyline. I hope Mark Henry's involved. Those are the two things I want. I hope he does a fake <laughs> retirement, and I hope Mark Henry helps him out with it. Uh, we then get a uh, promo from FTR saying that they're coming back better than before. So, okay, cool. Um, I believe them. 
Yeah. Uh, we then get a, a, a very extended promo, and actually very good promo, very good old-school promo, I might add, from Dan Lambert with uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, the men of the year. Um, yeah, uh, Dan Lambert's doing a good job keeping the Jericho stuff alive while Jericho's on tour with Fozzie. I think he was a really good stand and has just proven to be very competent and understand wrestling really well. Yeah, and, and he cut a very old-school promo by, you know, you know, the, you know, the thing that the, the, the rock kind of d- did away with, with, uh, you know, praising your opponent, but then, bear, you know, but then turning around and burying them with that same praise, you know? Yeah. And this is something AEW's talent pays attention to. Um, Jay has been very good at doing the same thing. Uh, Kenny Omega earlier in the night did the same thing about, you know, Brian taking me to the limit, kicking me in my chest, kicking me in my belly, kicking, kicking my head in, but it yeah. wasn't enough. Uh, yep. So I, oh, this is something AEW has paid attention to doing specifically, and it shines through. You're right. Indeed. So uh, we then get a video segment uh, of Hikaru Shida gunning for her 50th win, the, the first woman to do so on the AEW roster against uh, former NWA World Women's Champion Serena Deeb. So, uh, hey, Hikaru Shida back on our screens. That's always a good thing. A really good brief way to get us interested in a match uh, right right off the rip, right? Because I'm I'm automatically like all in on this one. I think it's going to be great. Fuck yeah! And I think the fans probably agree with that. I think this was a really good like hot shot segment to get Sheeta right back on TV. I think it's going to be a really good match. I hope we see something unexpected from Sheeta, whether it's a heel turn or whether it's uh, you know maybe we get an unexpected result. Uh, I want I want to see something new, uh, maybe like a new uh, facet of Hikaru Sheeta uh, on the comeback here. Uh, our fifth match of the evening, continuing the the women's segment of the evening, uh, Anna J and Ty Conti, uh, ostensibly of the Dark Order, versus Penelope Ford and Allie the Bunny. Uh, can I just say, both teams in matching gear, hell to the yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, I was, I was going to lead with uh, Ty J's new gear, and uh, it looks great. Uh, really cool to see. Uh, they're hinting at a possible women's tag division, you know, doing stuff like this, and that's totally cool with me. I would love that. Uh, and a Jay and Ty Conti are so good. Uh, yeah, maybe we're going to get that uh, that women's tag tournament again, like we did last year. I would be into that. I, it was great last year. So more of that, I, you know, they want to put it on television, put it on Rampage. Do, uh, do you know, they have more outlets for it now. So I think that would be interesting, too, if we get, you know, the, the Friday Night Show involved in these t- uh, tournaments and things that they were doing on YouTube previously. Uh, Anna J does get the win, tapping out. I believe it was Penelope Ford. I couldn't tell. I uh, I, I had yeah, it down as Penelope. Queen Slayer. And yeah, then, there was that springboard cross me and then the, the, the uh, Queen Slayer. And then... Um, I just have a note here, based on the, the the facial expressions that she tends to make. Ty Conti might be the most emotional person in professional wrestling since Kenta Kobashi, with with, with yeah, her facial is, expressions. Uh, yeah, in ring, yeah, she really uh, is thinking her and emotions in wrestling. I can't wait to see her and uh, and Ruby Soho at some point. And again, you uh, know, I think I, two of them. Are- both so great at capturing emotion in wrestling. Right, and I think, and by the way, this was not an insult by any search of the imagination because Kenta Kobashi is my number two favorite wrestler of all time, and yeah, no, that was like one, a, and that was one of the things that made him that. great was his pure baby faceness, where he, he's like, you know, you could see the emotions on his face in every match, you know. Like it's he, he didn't... Mark Henry talked to this on Jericho's podcast about how he was coaching Dante Martin with facials because Dante had wrestled in a mask 
prior to getting to AEW. And that was like the Mark's first critique. The first thing he saw with Dante is what an incredible wrestler he was. And he went up to him and said, what, did you used to wrestle in a mask or something? And Dante was like, yes, I actually did. He's like, I can tell. So we're going to work with that. You can see it with Dante. He's really working on it and he's getting better. I just like to take a brief sidestep here because I still have the Liverpool Man City game going on. Um, Kodansha, the Japanese manga and magazine and book publisher, were a were a sponsor uh, in this game at, at Anfield. Wow. <laughs> so hey, okay, cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, we then get a video vignette uh, hyping up the uh, the, the three way w- women's match between Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, and Jade Cargill that took place on Rampage. That was very good, interesting result, but still very good match. It was our upset of the night. Uh, I thought it was well done. It was a good kind of indicator of where Jade Cargill is at on her progression. Uh, so, and I thought that, you know, she had two, you know, this was her biggest test. I thought she did pretty well. I thought, you know, we showed that Jade Cargill has a ways to go before it's time to like really put her at the top, which is great. Uh, I think she's still on a really awesome path here. And I thought this match was a good learning experience. Uh, you know, check out uh, Rampage if you didn't see it. I thought that was a fun match. Hang on, sorry. Uh, got caught with something here. Uh, we then get a uh, a promo from MJF where he references the four pillars. I'm like, what? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What? Hey, new four pillars, kind of fun. Uh, yeah, he did that. He said some other stuff. Most of this was cringe. Yeah, most of it was cringe. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he's mm-hmm. calling out. For, he's calling out for a world title shot again. I, I'm assuming it's Kenny Omega. Okay. Yeah, probably, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so this really was mostly circle back to. Uh, yeah, to circle back to bad wrestling journalism. One of the re- websites that I was looking for results from gave this segment an A. So, I mean, I I think I was stunned momentarily <laughs> by the whole four pillars thing, and uh, Chris Damaseno uh, did make mention in our group chat uh, that that we usually do during Dynamite that he says that there needs to be a three Musketeers too. <laughs> in, 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 oh, right. in AEW, but I, I forgot who he said, so I, I, I can't. I'm not gonna go look for the tweet. Right I mean, it's now, probably so. the best friends, right? It's like Chuck Trent and OC are the three musketeers. Hmm. You think? So okay. So if, if mean, they're sorry, if sorry, they're sorry, the three please. musketeers, then who is? Well, okay. So then two questions. Number one, who uh, of the three? Who is the Chono? If who's you're gonna say mo- who's D'Artagnan? It's Wheeler. Well, I was gonna say. Well, there's, <laughs> but I, no, I'm gonna no. The three musketeers were uh, in in New Japan. They were uh, Masahiro Chono, Keiji Muto, and Shinya Hashimoto. So that's why I was like, oh, who well, would be... The Iron Mask with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's what I know. Say again? Oh, right. <laughs> the Man the Iron Mask with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so then, who, who, who's the fifth pillar? Who, who's the unofficial fifth pillar in AEW to, to be the Junakiyama uh, uh, of the group? Who's the Junakiyama? Yeah, man. because the four pillars were Misawa, Kawada, Tawe, and Kobashi in all Japan. Uh, Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison. <laughs> okay, Griff fine. Garrison. Griff Garrison is is, is the Junakiyama of, <laughs> of this. Um, we then get the elephant in the room in, in a second segment today where he, uh, yeah, again, most of this segment was just absolute cringe. You're right. Let, let's not dwell oh, this on sucks. this. The, the, this segment was, was awful. I, I did not like this. Uh, we then, yeah, do better. We then, get a, uh, we then get a great video promo for... Miro, the Redeemer, versus Sammy Guevara leading into our sixth and final match of the evening. Uh, the Redeemer, God's favorite champion, Miro, versus sp- uh, the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara, for the TNT Championship. Um, 
holy shit, Miro catching Sammy in that, what was it, a, a shooting star press. The way he yes. caught him, holy fuck. Spectacular. Oh, uh, my God. Really, they, they had, they, what was this match, about 12 minutes or so? Something like that. Yeah, a real hot 12-minute TV title match. Exactly what you want a television championship match to be, right? Like, it was a battle of wills that had leading back and the shocking result uh on a night that it was important to do so i think i think a title change on Brody lee night is, is a great way to go now hang on i do have a note here though that i said now wait a minute with the turnbuckles because of course miro starts ripping the turnbuckles off and i was like well wait a minute yes. bryce ramsberg well, basically stopped the match right? what but i mean like the turnbuckle thing kind of worked for him before Right, but I mean Bryce Remsburg stopped the match before and 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 fucked Eddie Kingston right. out of a win because of it. So yeah, maybe he can get him to do that again, or he can just do the same thing. Yeah. You know, he's uh, he's had success with turnbuckle ripping. Uh, Fuego del Sol gets involved and achieves absolutely nothing. But uh, Sammy and he got hit. He was there. <laughs> uh, Sammy Guevara, on the other hand, hits that GTH, which that was impressive. That he managed nice. to yoke up, uh, yoke up Miro. Yeah, Sammy is a strong boy. Sammy's, uh, you know, the strength conditioning program. We talk about AEW being very good. Sammy's in great shape. He definitely looks a lot uh, more jacked than he was when he first got there. Uh, Sammy does get the win, pinning Miro for Miro's first singles loss in AEW. Uh, Sammy Guevara is the sixth TNT champion uh, on Brody King, uh, yeah. Brody Lee night. Excuse me. Um, uh, I know that he cut a promo post show that you know, and I only saw it on Rampage. I guess they showed it during the break on Roads to the Top, where he dedicated. They it, certainly did, which I was watching. He he dedicated it to Mr. Brody Lee. Should this really have been Eddie Kingston, though? Maybe I don't know. Either way, I mean, obviously, for one night, you could it could be a lot of people. Uh, if you really wanted to get the pop, it should be someone from Dark Order, but like. You got to have a story to tell, and I'm sure they have a plan in place for Sammy Guevara's title run. They've been pretty competent with the TNT champions, and you know uh, they've had a good plan for everybody's title run. So I'm I'm excited to see where it goes with Sammy. His first match, uh, so on this Rose to the Top segment, uh, commercial segment, he called out Bobby Fish. Forbidden Door opens once again. I saw uh, that MLW this time. And from what I understand, Bobby Fish has become quite the QAnon dope since uh last we, we saw him outside of nxt <laughs> oh boy i just wanted to, I, I just wanted to uh ask the question about eddie kingston because i just think it would be a damn shame because i thought that they had a really great short brief program going into all out and it would be a damn shame if all we got out of it was one match and you know a t a t-shirt that I don't even think you can get anymore now. The, the re- <laughs> I don't think that's over. I'm sure we will revisit it. Uh, but you know, there's again. I, I, I'm assuming Miro's going to come back after his championship first. Uh, my biggest question here is what Sammy Guevara's championship belt going to look like because all these belts seem to be changing now with new champions. They already showed it. It was on. Uh, it was on Rampage. Oh, did they? It was. It's black. Oh, shit, it's black. Wait, really? Yes. 
How did I not see it on Rampage? I literally watched uh, Rampage do a show about it. Did you talk about it? That I couldn't tell you, but I noticed it last because wow. I, I I watched all the AEW programming yesterday, and yeah, it was it was black because I I wondered the same thing, and it was black. So. Oh, okay. I guess I'll go look for that. Uh, but okay, that's the show. I think I gotta get out of here, Joe. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, before you do though, uh, special programming note because uh, this Wednesday's episode of Dynamite is the second anniversary of AEW Dynamite, which means it is also the second anniversary of this program because uh, of course I mean, it's like the year and a uh, year and change three and quarters of anniversary for me. Uh, yeah, some of, yeah, you came in during, you came in during 2020, during the pandemic. Yeah, like episode 30 or 40 something, maybe? Something, I mean, I have to go back and look, but, um... Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so, our first episode on, uh, like, outside of the PWOM feed was episode 51, but I've yeah. been on for a bunch before that. Yeah, and, you know, of course, our episode count isn't exact because, of course, we've done, you know, specials and, and pay-per-views and, you know, the, uh and the like. So, uh, so I'm just going to say this cause I don't want to, it's not an exact sign. Cause I don't want to jinx it. We may have a special guest on for this week's episode. So just so you know, wait, and wait, I, wait, stay tuned. yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, I, I don't want to say for sure, because of course I've done that before and I ended up jinxing it. So, uh, so I'm just saying there's a possibility, uh, a, a, a we're going to have a third man in the booth, uh, this uh this wednesday night so paul i know you need to go go ahead and plug yourself find me twitter cool stuff uncle wrestling brain twitch.tv slash wrestling brain every friday night after rampage goes off the air with nick east all right and you can find me at strong style story without the e in style on twitter uh my personal twitter at gd wessel 2s is 1l uh last week i dropped a little pod blast for busting balls. I think I already talked about that. No, I, I didn't because I didn't get the chance to because we didn't we didn't do a show on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, little pod blast for busting balls. Um, you can still follow my New Japan blog, strongstylestory.tumblr.com, uh, where I'm doing uh, quite the bit of writing about Minoru Suzuki's tour of the U.S. Indies. So, uh, yeah, follow. And, 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 and keeping up with this G1 that is not going to go down as a classic. But, you know what, I, I still think it's better than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. But it will not be go down as a classic year for G1 Climax. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So, uh, Paul, any last words? Never bet on the Lions. Fair. Uh, second anniversary show on Wednesday. We'll see you then. Bye.